This is a podcast for the sermon for St. Mary's uh, Richmond on the 1st of November. My name is Scott and may these words be pleasing. The newspaper I picked up on Thursday had a picture on the front cover of Jeremy Corbyn and this week he has been suspended from the party he uh, until recently had led. The lady who served me said, unprompted, I can't believe it's taken them so long. Will history agree with her? In a hundred years time, will Jeremy Corbyn be judged an idiot or will he be forgotten? Or will his mortal remains be a site of pilgrimage interned in a London cemetery? Who knows? Meanwhile, voters are going to polls in the United States of America. Many judged great by history were no less divisive in their lifetimes than Trump is today. Or he may be judged by history as a dangerous fool. He, we have no idea. Closer to home, we have our own leaders. We have Boris, more about him later. For our last day, we celebrate All Saints Day. And one part of this is a commemoration of those judged by the church. Uh, in hindsight, to be the great and the good from times past. How well, um, for example, do we know the saints that we celebrate around us in our church buildings? here and around Richmond. There are plenty of St. Mary's, such as our own, and St. Cuthbert's, a northern saint. Less obvious, uh, to me at least, is the link for all the St. Agathas around us. We have an Andrew, a Peter, a James, and a John. Uh, we have a Michael and all angels, and a Paul. Less familiar saints include... Francis Xavier, Giles, Anne, apparently she was the mother of Mary, Felix, Eloy, no, I don't know much about him, Romald, as in Romald Kirk, and Edmund from the church we're linked to in Mask. And if I uh, asked you where his body lies today, you, uh, of course, would say Bury St. Edmund further south. Edmund is noteworthy, not only for once being the patron saint of England, but also the patron saint of kings and the patron saint of pandemics, no less. If we like our northern saints, an unusual possible inclusion is the patron saint of one of the ancient Ethiopian churches, one Pontius Pilate. Historians argue for three possible places for his birth, one of which is somewhere around Hadrian's Wall. Whilst uh, reminding ourselves of some famous saints on All Saints Day, we can also remind ourselves there are far more recent stories of sacrifice and martyrdom and we uh, have useful um, reminders both 
of old and new saints in our daily offices, morning prayer, Compline and others, available on our Church of England website. This week, for example, we have commemorated Alfred the Great, Saint Said, Simon and Jude, and James Hannington, martyr in Uganda in 1885. I would confess I hadn't heard of him. You uh, can take part in these reminders. You are welcome, for example, to your, our daily deanery compline on Zoom at nine o'clock. There are podcasts on the morning office every Saturday, Sunday and Monday on our website and on all other days, the morning office here is in church at half past eight in the morning, also available on Zoom. These alongside all our daily prayers and acts of worship, such as our Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, blended service, all part of our church family's rhythm of life. And this brings us to the challenge of our own individual walk with God. We wish to avoid thinking too hard about this, as we feel sometimes exposed and inadequate. Far easier to tell stories of holy men and sometimes women of times of old. Where do we fit in? And where could we fit in with all the saints? Another look at the good, the ugly of today, and a tale of Boris. I have met Boris Johnson, which sounds rather grand, but it was only on a crowded and hot train, and I was standing quite a few metres away. He had a seat, and next to him sat a rather self-conscious young Alistair who along with the rest of us was growing rather warm, especially as he was still wearing his outside coat, trying very hard uh, to, without fuss, take his coat off. Alistair managed uh, to get it stuck at the elbow. Uh, he increased the pressure, thus releasing the elbow suddenly, catching his neighbour full on the nose. You can be the judge uh, whether Saint or sinner. We need now to consider where we stand on all saints, all souls, heaven, life after death, and what this means to each of us. For we live lives that may seem quite contradictory and illogical. I am now likely to be about two-thirds of the way through my life, I work for money to pay the bills, to save for the, de the demands of the future, both known and unknown. I take out insurances to protect me and my family. I worry about my family, my town, and the environment, our planet. Even though I will die in only 20, 30 years' time, maybe more, maybe less. Of course, I also believe that this is not the end of my story. I believe in the promise of life eternal, which is not simply 
more of the same. I believe in better. We believe that we will be perfected in Christ, sharing with all the angels and saints and the whole company of heaven. I may be in a wooden box brought up an aisle such as the one in our church, but I will be escaping this goldfish bowl with all its stresses and strains, anxieties and cruelty. It is a wonderful hope. And we share this hope with, um, for example, those who come to us when forced to face the reality of loss and death, and they wish to use our building for a funeral. We unashamedly offer the hope of things unseen, of wonderful things to come. If, however, we have such a great hope as this, then why bother with the stresses and strains and endeavours of this present life within the goldfish bowl? It is a valid question. One of the most prominent thinkers today on life after death is Bishop Tom Wright, one time Bishop of Durham, now lecturer at St. Andrew's University. He argues from scripture that when we die, we go to heaven. When we die, we go to heaven. And we don't have much in the Bible to tell us where or what heaven is like. It is, however, only stage one. The dead are kept safe in the loving care of Jesus in a kind of holding room as they and we wait for the end times talked about, for example, in Revelation. This is what Tom Wright calls the after afterlife, or the life after the life after death. The Bible says heaven and earth are to be joined together, perfectly restored through Christ, as God intended, a planet and creation back in its original form of physical perfection. Think of the, the Garden of Eden. In his uh, letters, St. Paul talks clearly and explicitly of the physical resurrection bodies that we will adopt and receive at the coming of God's perfect kingdom, the after afterlife. We are therefore no longer thinking and talking about escaping the goldfish something better. Instead, we are called to do everything that we can to be part of the restoration of God's perfect creation, which, yes, means being concerned about matters of the environment around us now, but also the demands of justice and of peace now, righteousness and mercy now. We believe and work for God's kingdom to come now, not sometime in the future as part of a funeral plan, simply to ease our feelings of grief. How are we to do this? How are we to be fully committed 
to this plan of God. We are given a helpful guide in today's gospel about the mindset we are to seek to adopt. If we are part of the bringing of God's kingdom, the perfecting of his creation, as heaven and earth are to be joined together. We know this guide as the Beatitudes. And we are called to walk gently, our lives seasoned in love, walking humbly before God. Those who act as thin places between heaven and earth are those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those persecuted for righteousness's sake, those reviled and persecuted facing all kinds of evil, an account of our Christ. In all these things, rejoice and be glad, for our reward is great in the kingdom of God. We are called to walk gently, our lives seasoned in love, walking humbly before God. Amen.